0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Between the Lines, and check out our new show, Just Between Us, every week on our YouTube channel. And please, become a patron at barrykibrick.com to help us continue our mission. We all have needs and wants, but can we actually get what we desire? I'm Barry Kibrick. My guest, Robert Green not only believes we can, but must make every effort to do so. The author of one of the most important books and bestsellers of the modern era, The 48 Laws of Power, now turns his attention to a more suitable way for us to achieve power in the modern era. With his book, The Art of Seduction, we get an indispensable primer of the art of persuasion. And the book is so rich with information, this will be a two-part episode. In the first, we'll examine the seductive character. And in our second episode... We'll explore the seductive process and how you can obtain it. Robert, uh, welcome back now. This is either record tying or record breaking, fifth time you've been on my show. It is always a pleasure. Wait a minute, it is going to be record breaking because we're going to do two parts, wow. because the book is divided yeah. into two parts. Yeah. Our episode is going to be divided into two parts. Uh-huh. Welcome back, my friend.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Barry. I want to I want to be the record holder for your show. <laughs> I want to be the Michael Jordan of Barry Kibrick. So. You
0: are uh, already beyond that. Right. So, as I said, the, the book is broken down into two phases, this art of seduction. Yeah. The first one is, the seductive character, how do you, de- and by the way, it's meant so that you can figure out which or oftentimes the traits are a little blended. So you may be a blending of certain traits, but you can find out which character you could uh, strive to if you want to and you should want to the way we will discuss being a seducer. Mm-hmm. And the other part is, is actually the, the process that one needs to go through to be successful at it, So that's what we're going to do in episode okay. two. The first part, we're going to give a little overview of what seduction is okay. and some of the character traits. We'll never get through all of the types, but we'll okay. get through some of them in, 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 uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. And basically, I almost looked at this as, I don't want to say a corollary. I couldn't even describe it, but something as a... An answer to the 48 laws of power specifically for women at first, but later on as we find out for men as as well, because as you say, for women, it was seduction that gave them the first power. Men later adapted it, Mm -hmm. but it was women who really didn't, they didn't have the arms that the men did or the strength and the way they were, but they did have seduction.
1: Yes. In the 48 Laws of Power, I'm interested in what I call indirect power, uh, soft power, because I maintain in the world today, uh, if you're too direct, if you're too brutal and aggressive, uh, you won't last very long. People won't like you. So we live in a world of soft power. It's in politics, it's in advertising, and it's in seduction. And seduction is a female, women invented seduction. There's no doubt about it. I describe how that happened, why it happened. And when you read a lot of history, as I do, you know, there's not a lot of... Women disappear in history a lot. There are only a few queens and empresses and courtesans, but their influence on history is incredibly profound, and seduction has had a profound impact on us. The whole idea of enchantment, of enchanting another person, of putting them under your spell, of making them fall in love, whether as just the end of it being love or a form of power is something that women created and have had a huge impact. And I want to trace that impact to even politics today, where I feel like politicians are are seducing the public. So this is, um, a different kind of power, but it's related to what I talk about in the 48 laws.
0: Well, you also say it is a lasting and more effective form of power. And when I even, when you came into the green room and I said, in a weird way, it's more villainous to a certain extent because you really are penetrating another person's spirit. In fact, that's one of the, the parts you do. Villainous may not be
1: the right word to use, but it's it's got that much kind of power. I tell people, when you go see a movie or you read a book, let's say a movie, and you feel like the movie is casting a spell on you, it's drawing you into the story and it's having an emotional impact on you. And by the end of the movie, you're moved or you're crying or you're laughing or whatever it is. That is a form of seduction where you've allowed your psychology to, your psychology, to be penetrated by a director, a writer or whomever, and you're seduced. And it's actually an amazing power that humans have. The problem is some people are closed to to seduction. They don't wanna be seduced. They're not interested in other people. I find seduction to be a very social phenomenon. To be a great seducer, you have to be interested in people. You have to not, there's a difference between a cold kind of analytic, the typical sort of cold male seducer, Uh, which I talk about in the book, but I'm advocating a more sort of hot or warm seduction in which both people are seducing each other. Well, the other
0: thing is that when when men got involved in this form of power, they added something you said called seductive language. Yeah, And that was an important element that was that, I don't wanna say it was missing, but they emphasized on it because it was the words that they could use if they weren't going to use brute strength or brutality or anything like that. So words became an important part, especially for the male seducer.
1: Yes, um, well, I I say, you know, obviously men and women are different. Um, Men tend to be seduced by visuals. The way a woman looks is sort of the primal way of seducing a man. Women are very prone to words, to to just hearing, to to the verbal aspect. Um, And seducers, the typical Don Juan of the 17th century, which is where the whole Don Juan legend basically began, 15th, 16th century, they discovered that through language, through poetry, through casting a spell on a woman with their words, that this was the weakness that they had. And so many of these great early seducers were just great talkers. Um, it's interesting because if you look at um, like some of the great ones in the 16th, 17th century, they were not handsome men. They were actually, one of them was physically repulsive, but had such an incredible way with words that he could seduce almost any woman. And then, you know, obviously there are women who are great with words. I'm not saying that it's strictly male or female, but these are the two sort of weaknesses that that each gender has.
0: Well, you hinted at this before, and I want to explore it further because you say now, today, we've really reached the ultimate evolution of seduction because virtually from business to the world of politics to the world of, of love, relationships, there is a form now of seduction because we are taking away from brute force and brute brutality mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things like that. So we are in this era of almost if you, if you don't really learn the art of seduction, you're almost left behind.
1: Yes, um, and it's infiltrated uh, politics uh, uh, to a very large extent. I look in the, in, in the art of seduction, the icon for me, the first great American, even world politician that kind of mastered it, but let's say American, was John F. Kennedy. Um, I claim that he was, I'm not just me, other writers have as well, he was a master seducer, obviously with women, um, you know, he's legendary for that. Um, but using television and using Hollywood, the imagery, the icons of Hollywood, he, his father was a producer in Hollywood and Kennedy was obsessed with Gary Cooper and Cary Grant and James Dean and Montgomery Cliff. He studied them. He knew how to have the same sort of charisma on camera. He was our first television president. And he seduced the American public in a really uh, powerful way. I mean, it was a very close election with Nixon, so it wasn't like a, uh, a great, you know, he, it, it was very close um, run th- victory, but um, it was very powerful in that he set the bar that now a a politician has to have a television presence, has to be seductive, and has to find a way to bring people together through language, through imagery. Kennedy was sort of the master. And so I wanna take you away from thinking of seduction as just the sort of thing that men do on women or women do on men. It's something that permeates our culture. It's in advertising, it's in marketing, it's on the internet. It's in politics. It's different. Obviously, a sexual seduction is not. It's the same as Kennedy seducing the American public. But the dynamics, the casting of the spell, the enchantment, has a similar, a similar process.
0: But you also want us to be certain that you don't have to be a Kennedy. You believe that you don't even really have to transform your own character in any physical form or things like that but we can learn the art of seduction it's not just the charismatic person that may be the natural seducer or have the natural ability but the average person especially when reading this they could they can if they want to learn at least the rules and how to apply them in that positive way i'm saying not in that salacious, negative way, but they can use it to benefit what
1: is more important, as you say, than the ability to persuade. Yes, and and so first of all, there's the desire to, to be a seducer, which a lot of people will say, oh, I don't want that, I'm not interested in that. And what I'd say in the book is remember the time that, you've, that you experienced probably in your life when another person had fallen in love with you, and you sensed, that you had power over them, that they were under your spell, that they were that the things that you said excited them and interested in them, that the walls, the resistance that people normally have are so frustrating. You can't reach your kids. You can't reach your wife. The people that, at work, they're close to you. And in that moment when someone had fallen in love, that wall came down and you had this sort of back and forth electricity it's it's amazing you love it it's it's powerful it's great you want that you want you don't want to be you don't want the sexual version of it in your office obviously but you want to be able to persuade to get people to lower some of their usual walls and resistance to you so the first thing is you want seduction in your life believe me you want it the other thing is you have a misconception about seduction it's not this as you say, this villainous male, you know, kind of figuring out these very cold calculating strategies. That's not what it's about. It's, there's, there's gotta be a naturalness to it. If you're someone that has calculated their way too much in in the process of, this is what I'm gonna do, step A, B, and C, it's not seductive. People can read it. Seduction, there's a body language to it. There's a kind of nonverbal communication. And we sense that another person is trying too hard. They've read a book. They read The Art of Seduction. and They're applying the 24 strategies. It's, it doesn't work. You have to bring out natural qualities that you have. And I maintain in the book that every person has a kind of natural quality that makes them authentically seductive, whether it's the natural who's kind of childlike and spontaneous or the rake or the siren or the ideal lover whichever type it is it's in you it's latent it's, it wants to come out and that's what will make you an interesting a good seducer
0: and what makes the person s- seducible is that you say what people lack in life is not more reality but illusion and and i guess What a seducer brings out of that person is, this will sounds funny, but is the reality of the illusion, so to speak. So in other words, it's the, it's that inner thing that they desire. And what they feel is missing. That's the other part. What they feel is missing.
1: Well, you know, know, I mean, a lot of people complain about the art of seduction and they say, well, uh, shouldn't people just be who they are? Why can't we just be natural and just do what comes, you know, first thing to us? You know, why do I have to put effort into it? Why do I have to read a book? Well, the thing is, the, the fact that, I, I say that seduction and romance is like a courtship. It's like a ritual that an, you'll, you'll see animals go through when they're in, in, a, in, a, in a mating ritual. Humans have the same thing. It's called courtship. It's called romance. It involves certain steps. It involves getting the other person excited about you and interested in you, etc. And the worst feeling in, 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 in just the romantic part of seduction, let's just talk about that, is that the other person isn't putting out any effort. They're just being who they are. You go to their house and you have a date and they're just wearing their usual clothes and they've ordered pizza and there's no effort, there's no enchantment, there's no theater people are dying to be taken out of their lives out of the banal day-to-day work and to be taken on a ride they want enchantment they want some drama in their life they want pleasure i talk about in the book it's like a child seduction is reaching the child of everybody and when you were a child you were one years old what was the greatest pleasure you had it was being picked up by your father your mother and kind of whirled around and taken everywhere and lifted and, and twirled, etc. The sense that someone was taking you somewhere and you were under their control made you laugh. It gives you this incredible pleasure. And that's what happens when you see a movie and it takes you on this journey where you don't know where it's going, what's happening next. People don't have enough of that in their lives.
0: And the thing that you say is we must remember it is the form that matters not
1: the content. Well, w- 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 humans nowadays, we're too into words. We just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And a classic thing in the seduction realm will be a man or a woman saying, I love you. Like, when will they say, I love you, is a big deal. And all i try and tell in the book is that's not the language of love. That's not the language of seduction. It's something nonverbal. You have to learn this new language of seduction. It has nothing to do with words. It's in your body language. It's in your actions. It's so much more powerful when the other person feels that you love them.
0: One thing you do, by the way, I should let people know how the book is structured, because like similar to the 48 Laws of Power, there is a narrative that goes through the book. There are historical aspects of it and there are applications of it and various different modes that you can look at. And one of the historical aspects you talk about is Benjamin Disraeli and uh, former prime minister of, of England. And, and he gives us a clue of I think what is a key, another key, and it is talk to a man about himself and he will listen for
1: hours. Yeah. Benjamin Disraeli is one of the greatest seducers ever. I mean, absolutely brilliant. First of all, consider this. He was a dark-skinned Jewish man in England who became prime minister Imagine the prejudice against somebody like that in a country like that. How did he ever do it? Because he was a charmer, a seducer. He could seduce the birds out of the trees. He seduced Queen Victoria. She was madly in love with this dark-skinned Jewish man. Um, And the whole art of it was, for Disraeli, was to make the other person feel like they were special, they were brilliant. There's a a quote I have in the book, I'm not gonna get it exactly right, but there's this woman who said, after sitting next to Gladstone at dinner, Gladstone was the great rival of Disraeli. After sitting next to Gladstone at dinner, I thought he was the most brilliant man in England. After sitting next to Disraeli at dinner, I thought I was the most brilliant woman in England. Gladstone irritated people because he was so argumentative, so superior, Disraeli charmed everyone because he made you feel like you were special. You were brilliant. And he, he gave you the sense that you were the star of the show. Here he took Queen Victoria, the most prudish, uptight woman you can imagine. And he had her completely under his thumb. She wrote a book, which nobody read because she wasn't a writer. But she had vanity. She has ego. Everybody has ego. And so now Disraeli uh, would refer to her and he would say, you know, we authors, when we write, and he was a great writer, but he made her think that she was a writer like he was. I mean, the guy is one of the the great seducers of all time.
0: Well, because again, what you get a sense and what you mention in the book is he's appealing to your emotions rather than necessarily your reason. That's another key to this, is to appeal to that emotion, not so much the mental aspect.
1: Yes. Um, So getting back to the the nonverbal aspect of seduction, um, you know, there's words that you can use to reason with people, and there's a place for that, and it's important. And there are words that you use to cast a spell. So when we read poetry When we read Shakespeare, we're not looking for rationality, for logic. We're looking for that spell, for that feeling, for that emotion. One of the greatest male seducers that ever lived was Errol Flynn, the actor. The power that Errol Flynn had—I had to study it and figure out what what was the secret to his success. It wasn't really anything he did. He was completely undefensive. There wasn't a defensive bone in his body. He was open, non-judgmental. And women would say that when you would get into a room with him, you were afraid of this guy. Ten minutes with him in the room and you lost all of your inhibitions. They said it was like drinking four martinis just to be there. They hadn't drunk a thing. It's because he was so relaxed that he would pass that mood to you. The human beings are are, are not just Logical animals. We're physical. We have bodies, and our emotions, our physicality, responds to the other, the physicality of the other person. So you, Barry, being very relaxed and open, makes me feel relaxed. If you're all defensive and worried, makes me defensive and worried. These are the sort of l- the grammar of seduction that you have to learn. And there's one little deeper element, though, and that is that. I'm going to
0: use your words. Seduction is a form of per- persuasion that seeks to bypass even the consciousness. We talked about the emotional, but you could be conscious of the emotional. And really, when it stirs the unconscious mind, now you've really seduced.
1: Yes. Um, <clears throat> well, that, that that's the whole uh, art. In a nutshell, Um, people consciously won't admit to wanting to be seduced, but everybody secretly wants to. Um, So the key is everyone's different. What would seduce one person, what they're unconsciously need or want or are missing in life is not the same as another person. I just remembered this anecdote. It's not in my book because it's happened to me. Um, But... I, when I was young, 21, I lived in Paris. I was working at a hotel, um, and this is sort of when I started getting interested in seduction because I met a man who worked at this hotel. He, no, he, I'm sorry, he, he, he didn't work there. He just frequented it because this is a hotel where all the models stayed in Paris. He was this Brazilian man. He was the greatest seducer I've personally ever met. He was, was good looking, but he was just—he had the art down. And he was seducing everyone, and I was just amazed. I couldn't believe, what was the secret to this guy, his success? And one time I was with him, I was walking down the street, and he was with his latest conquest, and this other woman came up to him, all angry and bitter and crying. It was somebody that he had seduced and abandoned. And I go, "Uh uh uh-oh, uh-oh, we're gonna see a fight, it's gonna get ugly. I took the other woman aside, let's get away. 30 seconds later, she was completely melted and and was back under his charm. And he, he was like signaling to us to leave. It was because he was like that Errol Flynn thing. He had nothing defensive about him. He was sort of like, yes, I understand. And he, through his physicality, through the fact that he didn't get angry, that he didn't get defensive, he didn't start defending himself. He didn't say, well, let me explain. No, he, he just immediately went into this sort of calm, loving, um, intense attention mode, and it worked on her. Un- I know that's what I was getting. at. It, it, her unconscious, she just melted in front of him.
0: Robert, you seduced us all today, and then when you come back it for our- been? it is wow. when we come back for episode two, yeah. we're going to teach them. How they all can be okay. seduces as well. Thank you, my friends. Oh, you're so very much. welcome. Thank you, Barry. And, and thank you for joining us. I now want to leave you with these words from The Art of Seduction We all have the power of attraction, the ability to draw people in and hold them there in our thrall. Few from all of us, though, are aware of this inner potential. I'm Barry Kibrick. Be aware. For when you are, the difference between the ability to draw people in or not will reveal your true inner potential. Thank you, sir. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Lines. And please check out our new show, Just Between Us, every week on our YouTube channel. And think of becoming a patron at barrykibrick.com to help us continue our mission.